Yeah! Hey, it's Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 81 for Wednesday, November 28, 2018. Hey, onesies, how's it going, guys? How are you doing in the late, late winter month of November? You know, do some people still consider that fall? Do they? I don't really know. I know that I doubt myself right now. Even thinking about it, I was like, ah, it's, I'm wishing them out the thing. I'm like, you know what? Winter's like December, January, February, I think. And considering the the year is segregated into, you know, what? We've got uh, 12 months. The last time I checked, if the year still chooses to identify itself as months. <laughs> right? Maybe different parts of the year. They're like, no, nah, we got an extra month. They, they had 12 zodiac signs and they added a 13th. Maybe they've added a 13th month. Hmm? You know, have you, did you watch the news this evening? You know, maybe you are living your life, you know, not a care in the world. Then you just decide, you know what? I don't think I need to pay attention to the news anymore. And then today's the day they drop it on you. Boom. 13th month. Yeah. All of a sudden there's all these kids with birthdays that don't make sense anymore. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's how society falls apart. Just minding your own business. Then one day the goddamn news adds another month. Anyways, the point is. Is if there's if, if every season is only three months long, I would think that November, I guess, would probably count as fall. But it doesn't count that way, uh, not in my heart. Not when it's fucking snowing and and raining all in the same 24-hour period. Rains like a motherfucker, snows like a motherfucker, sun will come out. Why am I swearing so much? Onesies, I got a lot to tell you guys about this week, all right? And uh, But I'm going to try to make an abbreviated episode because I got to tell you right now, guys, oh, if I had ever missed a day... This would be at a perfect episode for me to go, fuck it. You've already done it once. Just do it again. But I can't, I can't do that. You know why? Because I've never been late yet. I've never been late yet. And I don't want to start now, but I am so, so tired. My stress levels have been through the roof lately. I'm not going to be bitching about it. Ah, you, you bet your fucking ass I'm going to be bitching about some stuff this episode. But I'm going to be telling you guys about my great week headlining at Absolute Comedy Kingston. I've been going to the gym. Uh, a little bit regularly, just a little bit, but I'm I'm actually kind of feeling good about going. And I'm excited to go. Um, I did get re- derailed from going, and I will tell you about that. Uh, because I had another trip to the car dealership. Yeah, so we'll tell you guys all about that later on. So there you go. I'll be telling you some fun little things, hopefully. But uh, I, uh, you know, last week I did, a, I said it absolute. Again, I was rushing out the door, I think, to get there. I don't remember if I did it before the podcast before or afterwards, but had another good set at absolute great time. I had some friends where I got to see my buddy, Frank Spadone, who was there. Um, what else? I, uh, uh, had some friends, Peter and Stuart showed up to the show. So I had a good time on Tuesday night, just dicking around with some new material. Last chance before the big week at Uber Wednesday morning, a little bit of or, my big week at Uber. There you go. That's how much Uber is fucking consuming me right now. That's what I think I do. No, my big week at absolute comedy Kingston. And thank you to all the people who came out to my shows at Absolute Comedy Kingston. Um, you know, there were some, uh, some podcast sponsors and stuff that were there. I'll tell you guys all about that. Um, I, uh, I packed for Kingston on Wednesday. I spent so long packing, just trying to make sure I, I didn't bring too much, but didn't bring too little either. I don't know if you guys pack like that. I mean, I, I talked to you guys about my packing for LA, rolling clothes and stuff. I didn't do anywhere near the amount of prep for, uh, for Kingston that I did for LA, so... It wasn't brutal or anything like that. I just mean like, I'm still getting to the point where I'm trying to figure out how to pack. Uh, Paul packed, uh, my, my buddy, I, two, two great comics I worked with this week. So why don't we just start there? Paul Beluyet and, uh, Leonard Chin. 
And it's funny because Paul and I uh, were staying together in Toronto earlier this year. So when you hear me podcasting back in January, Paul and I were uh, doing the Toronto club together. I love working with Paul. Paul and I came up at the same time. He, he's in Montreal. I'm in Ottawa, but we always have opportunities to work together and stuff. I love that guy. He's a good, good dude, good friend. As soon as I know I'm working a week with Paul, I know it's going to be a fucking fun week. Um, and I, and I've had an opportunity to see Leonard Chan perform before too, but it's usually just like in passing, like I'd be hosting or, or something at, in Toronto and Leonard would come be do, you know, a guest spot or whatever, but Leonard is an incredibly accomplished comedian as well. Um, so it's just a great, a great fucking week, um, of dudes, but I, I packed, I would say I was probably in the middle because, uh, I get there, I have brought a cooler with some food. Uh, just to make sure like, you know, I had like some yogurts and, and some soup and stuff like that to try to not eat like a complete animal when I'm on the road. Um, and then, uh, I think I had yeah, a cooler of food and then I had two, two pieces. I brought the two same two pieces of luggage I brought to LA, but I didn't have to bring my podcast stuff or anything like that. And then I think I brought, uh, I brought my gym bag, made use of it zero times. Oh, geez. Sorry guys. I'm trying to fucking amp it up. I'm drinking, uh. Dragon Fat. Maybe I'll tell you guys about that too. So many, so many things to talk about, and uh, I don't feel like any of them are going to be interesting, huh? How about that confidence? I don't know that you guys are going to give a fuck about this week's episode, but still a cool little. I got, I got one little piece of good news for you guys. At least if uh, you're in the Ottawa area, I'm sure the other places will be doing it soon. But um, anywho, I uh, Paul comes in and he's got like a backpack and a tiny little carry-on bag, and that was it. I was like, oh my god! Like, and then we're talking about like it looked like a, like you know those little. I don't know. They're not called tote bags. They're like these tiny little like backpack bags, like cyclists would use a small little triangular sort of shape to them. One strap, you know, on the top that kind of goes over the center of your body. He's got like that, that looks like it's empty and uh, a tiny, tiny little red, uh, like carry on looking bag. So mm, I was telling him, I aspire to that level of, of packing and, and confidence in what I've packed. But, uh, show, uh, show on Wednesday night went good. Uh, Leonard didn't make it until Thursday, um, since he was the feature act. So it was just Paul and I on Wednesday. We had a good time. Um, the show went particularly well. The only problem is like, I, I don't want to tell, like, it's so hard to tell the story because like, I don't even remember how it went. Oh, uh, this is one of those times where I'm like, I know I don't have the time to do this guys. I'm so sorry. I don't have time to do this. Um, before the episode comes out, I'm gonna have to record this without it. I'll, I'll do my best to tell you the story from recollection, but here's the thing. I recorded my set. So somewhere on my, Oh, is it my phone that's plugged in? Mm, okay. Let's try this. I, you know, obviously I didn't plan to do this, but, um, would this have been Wednesday? It was fucking Wednesday. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to fucking do this right. All right. Let me see. Let me see if I can pull this up. Oh shit. That's loud. Yeah, I think you guys are about ready. Uh, Jan Leonard is absolutely fucking fantastic. Oh, Hello, so nice guys. of you to say, Paul. Uh, I've known him for the last decade of my life. He's Not absolutely hilarious. He's originally from Ottawa. He has a podcast called uh, The One Man Podcast. Oh, yeah. A little, like little podcast plug, guys. Fresh from the comedy store in LA. Oh, yes. I did do a spot there. I had mentioned that to him, and I was like, oh, that's pretty nice of you to mention. So let's take a look and see. I'm going to fast forward here, see if I can find the crazy interaction I had. 30 years between him and you. No. Okay, that's too far. Sorry, okay, guys. So listen. <laughs> What's happening tonight? Did they just have like a fucking paper <laughs> off of a telephone pole? It's like, hey. Yeah, there was a dude. Okay, so. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it here. I know I'm not giving any context. It's 
but it's your, but, so what did you expect if you don't mind my asking? Yeah. See, like, hear me. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so here, I gotta, I gotta paint the picture and I'll try to find it. I wasn't expecting to do that. I'm like, you know what? But it's on my phone. I thought this was recorded on my little, my little handheld, which I used for the rest of the week. So I'm doing the show. All right. Paul and, uh, and the rest of the comics on the show did a great job. I'm sitting there, I'm doing my act. And again, this comes from like that whole, you know, you, for you, those of you who've listened to the podcast before, you know, that I've got kind of like, uh, I've talked about how, like, you know, we can be doing a great job and just be bummed out by what's not going right. You know what I mean? Again, like my life, I, that was something I actually wanted to address later on the show. Oh, look at me scatterbrained as ever. Thanks for listening guys. I really, I mean the, the level of patience that you show while I fucking yammer on and try to, I feel like a train that's teetering like side to side and just some of the wheel, one side of them are on the tracks and then the, tries to teeter the other way and bounces up off the other side of the tracks and back. So I'm, I'm never fucking fully set in a course, but the show was going fine. The crowd wasn't amazing, but it was going fine. And then as I've mentioned before, you know, like you can hear something like I could tell you guys a story about how, oh, what a, what a, you know, boring or shitty time I had. And you go, oh, that sounds like I would have really enjoyed something like that. You know, like the, the Russell Peters thing. I'll get into that later on because I wanted to, to speak on that too. But just, I don't know. There's some, there's a sort of like a, a fucking defeatist, insecure, whatever thing that can happen. Sometimes it happens to a lot of comics where I'm, you could be, you could be doing great. You could have, you know, a room full of 200 people and you're just destroying. Everybody's loving you except one person sitting in the crowd with their arms crossed and a frown on their face. And rather than going, wow, 200 people, not 199 of them are laughing. That's a 99.9% .9 win. I'm a fucking honor a student comedian right now. But instead, we choose to focus on the one person who looks unhappy. So I um, I saw a guy in the crowd who was wearing like a big, long black turtleneck. It's hard to describe the layout of the room, but all I can say is that everyone, the tables are sitting sort of like rows, but they're rows uh, perpendicular to the stage. You might have to Google it. Perpendicular to the stage, and then everyone's seated on either side of the table. So there's these long rows pointed towards the stage. And everyone at his table is looking, everyone in the room is looking at the stage, but he's sitting. So he's basically facing, you know, 90 degrees away from the stage. And he's just got his head down looking at his table and he looks unhappy. And I'm, I'm performing this show is going well, people are laughing and I'm just looking at this guy going like thinking to myself, you know, as I'm performing, what's, what's up with this fucking guy, black turtleneck looks like a shitty drama student or teacher. And I'm just going, what's up with this guy? Like, why does he look so unhappy? Like, it's not like he's looking around or looking at the stage once in a while and just not enjoying it, but it's like his head is down. Like someone just gave him the worst news of his life. And after like five minutes of just seeing this guy, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta fucking address it. Like, what the hell is going on? So that's what I'm trying to find you guys. Cause it was one of the weirdest interactions I've ever had in all my years of stand up. So let me just see if I can get us right to the point. You heard me like, Oh, can I ask, what did you expect? I, I, I cannot describe this. Give me one sec. I can try to find the beginning of this. I thought it was now. Stop enjoying yourself. All right, that's a joke. Yeah. Thirty year old me is I started taking better care of myself. I got suckered in Okay. We're gonna find this. It was $20 of standing in the class. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. So let's see this. Let's see what's going on with this guy. See if I can enjoy this. It works like a charm. 
Maybe next time I'll have it queued up. How are you doing this evening, sir? You look like a ray of sunshine in the darkness there. <laughs> Staring down at the table with a frown. Yeah. <laughs> Who hurt you today? <laughs> you gonna answer? I'm not used to this show. Actually. You're not used to this show? I don't know if anyone in the room is used to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm really surprised by you. Okay. <laughs> allow me. Allow me to say Please. Yeah, I'm not used to these. Positivity, humor, laughter, <laughs> joy. I'm just joking. What what did you think that a comedy show is? There's no wrong answer. I it, right now there's not a thing in this world I want to know more than the answer to that question. What did you? Because you dressed up nice. You're wearing a turtleneck, so you have some sense of fashion, right? So you came out and you're like, these fucking guys are going out. Which hat should I wear, honey? Like he's fucking. But you're like, no, a turtleneck. I'm like a gentleman. I'm going out. I'm, I don't know why they're laughing. I'm paying you a compliment, but then you're like, this is not what I. I thought it was serious thought night tonight. <laughs> These guys are up here talking about drugs and their dicks and things like that. It's, but it's your, but, so what did you expect? You don't mind my asking. We don't use these. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like a little kid listening to this. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did they tell you you were going to church tonight? <laughs> I gotta, I, I'm sitting here laughing. I have to interject. By the way, as a comic, I am so uncomfortable because this guy's not being an asshole. He's not being a dick. He's just like the questions that he's saying, or sorry, the, the, the answers he's giving, everything. I don't know what this, like, I don't expect. So at, at, the, at the time, I can't like, you see a comic sort of like shit on someone or, or joke around or make fun of them. I didn't want to do that because I'm like, I genuinely don't know why this guy looks upset and I don't want to, you know, if he's having a bad night for whatever reason, maybe something that's got nothing to do with the show. I don't want to make his night worse. I don't want to shit on him and embarrass him. He's clearly not sure what this dynamic is of the stand up comedy show or whatever. So I'm like, I can't, I don't want to pick on him. I don't want to bully him. But at the same time, I also can't just ask him, like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you, right? So just to put you guys in the the, the, the the mindset that I'm in at this time. So I'm like, I still need to entertain the rest of the crowd, but I need to know what's going on with this guy. And it, it just, it's so weird. And I'm, I know the rest of the crowd's interested. So just, just to give you some context as I continue with this wonderful conversation I had. Because you know what? I, can, I Here's the thing. I say it and I don't do it. But then there's people like preachers... <laughs> Just give me shit too, the oh, fucker. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Sorry, you're you're not used to it. You're like a child hearing swear words for the first time. That was the last yeah, thing. I... I, we don't use that. Who's we? Yeah, actually. From my country. Okay. I, I, well, I, 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 yeah, you can say your country. Well, what what country is your country? I'm from Palestine. You're from Palestine. Okay. Yeah. Just letting that I, fester. I, oh. I, <laughs> It's actually just like a fucking dating evening, that's all. I'm just doing a, a speed dating thing, so we're going to I had like 15 jokes I wanted to say. There you go, you fucking laughed, you asshole. I made you smile. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said asshole. Okay, don't go over that. <laughs> I don't take requests, okay? So, uh, this is my, and I don't want to do there's so many jokes ever since you're like, I'm not used to it, but there's so many jokes I'm like, I don't want to make your night worse by fucking with you. But at the same or sorry, messing with you by by perturbing you in some sort of dialogue. 
It's not. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. I don't mean any of the F words that I say. They're for effect, right? So I can. What's what's effect? Yeah, impact. Oh, all right. This is the yeah. fucking weirdest exchange I've ever had <laughs> in the decade I've been doing stand comedy. It was so fucking weird. And the thing is, too, like I said, the guy's like, it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm like, you ca I can't even fuck with this guy because he's so polite and accountable. But it's just like, and, and that, the whole thing stemmed from me engaging with him. You know, and there's more, but I just, I mean, obviously 16 minutes and I've done nothing, but, but try to wacky show you guys a goddamn thing. Anyways, it, it proceeded and I, I, you know, made some jokes about the church, <laughs> but I'd rather not, I'd rather leave those jokes for just that, uh, that particular audience that heard them. But, uh, it was just, it was funny in my head too. Like, I mean, I had a million thoughts. He's like, I'm from Palestine. We don't use these words. I'm like. You use worse weapons than words, um, you know, but then again, that's just what the Western media shows me, right? And I'm just an ignorant, I'm just an ignorant Caucasian male. Mm. Oh, this is so tasty. Um, so yeah, that was a weird show, but then I move on to another table and they actually were, um, they were Summersby reps for, they were, they were big Carlsberg groups. So Cronenberg, you know, Cronenberg, Cronenberg, blah, all those lovely things I have Summersby. Oh my God. So many amazing things. I had it. I, I messed with them from the stage a little bit too. They were great sports. And then we stuck around uh, afterwards and we had some drinks with them. It was great. We got to hang out with, uh, with JD. I got to meet Kelly, uh, who's the new Summersby rep in the area. So my, my old buddy Petter has, uh, has been promoted, has long since moved to Toronto to, uh, to greener pastures within his company and, uh, very, very happy for him. Um, which made it difficult to, to get a little summers be here and there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, but I, but I got to hang out with the crew. They were all amazing people. They had so much fun. We chatted and had some drinks into the, the evening, got to hang out with, uh, with James, the, uh, the area manager who's super, super cool dude. He's a Scott. He's got that school accent. I swear I God, I love listening to him talk. Cause when he tells his stories, they're fucking just anything you say in the Scottish accent sounds Sounds goddamn good. You know, he's talking about a scotch whiskey. You know, he's like, you got all these other whiskeys. And he's taking that piss out of everybody. And he's just like, I was just like, eh, this is awesome. But then at one point I was like, can you do like a, like an American, like a North American accent? You know, he's like, not without sounding gay. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. Not without sounding gay. And he's like, oh, how are ya? <laughs> like it sounded more like. Almost like Newfoundland, uh, not Newfoundland. Yeah, Newfoundland. Any, the East Coasters is what he ended up sounding like in Canada. Anyways, we had we had a good time. James was a great dude. He was telling us stories. Paul and I were just sitting listening. It was fantastic. It was, it was honestly a great night. It was a great night. Um, the rest of the uh, the rest of the trip went great. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you guys every little story. Leonard came on Thursday, and uh, and the three of us were hanging out. Awesome. Like we just had a great great time of the show. The shows were fantastic. Um, Leonard's a fucking workhorse. That guy would get up in the morning, laptop out, immediately start working away, writing bits, premises, working on shit, um, which made me like, well, I guess I should work too. Paul, Paul would sleep. Paul was sleeping a lot. So he'd get up in the afternoon and just sit there and we'd tell stories, but like we, we barely did any, you know, like normally comics will throw throw movies on and stuff like that or whatever. But like the three of us sat at the table, you know, just chatting, having a good time um, conversations, you know, shop talk, things like that. It was a lot of fun. And, um, 
I swear to God, like Leonard too, like you would say something, you would just be like, yo, I saw this video one time of a guy who was like, blah, 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 blah. And like, as you're finishing describing the video, Leonard's spinning his computer around. He's like, this one? And it's like, he like, the guy's like a fucking research, um, like, like a uh, prodigy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like a savant, because like you would say something and before you're even done describing the video, he's already found it on the web. Like, like I, I swear to God, guys, the amount of shit that I say that I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, I think, isn't it, what do they call that? Like Leonard would have it around in front of me. He's like, be right here. Like I, I swear to God, if I hit the jackpot, uh, that I never play, right. There's all these people like, if I win the jackpot and it's like, yeah, but you never play. You're never gonna win it. Anyways. Um, I would totally hire Leonard to be on the podcast as the producer every week. So when I'm running my mouth, I can be like, blah, 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 blah. Hey, Leonard, what is that? Boom. He'd have it in front of me right away. It was just funny to the point where I started fucking teasing him. They're like, I'm like, how the fuck like that fast? Like everything we'd be saying, like boom, right here. Like not everything, of course, but like just the amount of times that like Paul is describing something. I'm just starting to comprehend what he's talking about. And Leonard's already found it context. Uh, like, you know, found a PhD paper on it or something like that. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was just funny. And, and like I said, and the guy's writing all the time. He's working. He's a fucking reference machine. Amazing. The whole, yeah, the whole weekend was great. Um, one night after show, Leonard and I were, uh, were playing a, a VR game. He brought his PlayStation VR. Cause that's what I was saying. Like the Paul brought the least amount of things and Leonard brought like five or six bags worth of shit too, including like this giant pizza bag that had all of his PlayStation stuff. And it was wicked cool. Um, but we played a VR game called keep talking and nobody dies. One person wears the VR helmet and another person, uh, holds, I guess a cell phone or whatever it is from on this website. And it has instructions on how to defuse a bomb. So the person in the headset is looking at a bomb. So the bomb's got wires on it, buttons, batteries, all these different things. You can turn it around and look at it. So one person in the VR sees the bomb and then somebody outside is describing to them how to disarm it. So it's kind of cool. It's a cooperation communication game. Uh, you can have as many people outside of the VR as, as you want, right? Cause there's more people start describing, Hey, take this one and, and cut that. But it's basically the person, it's almost like being on the phone with a bomb squad. When you find a bomb and they're trying to talk to you how to defuse it. it was very, very cool. Uh, so that was fun. One night we watched American ultra super cool movie. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, uh, Bill Pullman, and then a bunch of other people. Oh yeah. And that uh, Topher Grace guy. So that was a fun movie. What else did we do? Oh, I wanted to talk to you about how Leonard had a stalker. <laughs> Leonard had a stalker that sent him an email. that sounded like something that like Kathy Bates from misery would write someone. And it's not fair to call them a stalker. It's not fair at all. This was someone who, who sent him a message, said they saw him online and was going to come see him at the shows this week. And she made some funny little jokes in the email. But at the end of the day, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, is it? then apparently she was there the very first night on Wednesday when Leonard hadn't arrived in town yet. So yeah, she was in, she's like, where were you? <laughs> Look, so the whole time that we were there for the weekend, we kept expecting her to show up at night. And even on Sunday night, you know, the show came and went and she wasn't there. And then after the show, once Paul had already gotten in the car and drove back to Montreal, um, she showed up and she was a nice girl. She was just high energy or whatever, but it was just, it was kind of funny. Cause like every single day we were like, Hey dude, is your stalker going to show up? Is your stalker going to show up? She was there on Wednesday, but she hasn't come back since. Is your stalker going to show up? So that was just stupid. Just good natured ribbon stuff. Anyways, I had a, I had a really good time guys. I really did. Um, you know, we, we, 
a great, great group of dudes. And, uh, my touch and go this week, my calling in is going to be to those, uh, those guys. So I'm going to, we're going to see how they're doing in a little bit. See if after being back for a few days, they don't miss me too much. Um, usual Sunday shit. I went shopping, nothing to report home. There's, there's uh, definitely some Christmas sales and black Friday shit going on. I got a few bottles of wine while all the things are going good. There's a, there's a really cool, I haven't tried it yet. So it's not really fair for me to be like, Oh my God, this is really cool. I haven't tried it. I wouldn't know, but there's a, a wine called, uh, stave and barrel, I believe it's called. No, fuck stave and steel, stave and steel. And it is a California wine. And what it is, is it's a cab sove and they age it in uh, bourbon whiskey barrels. Yeah. How about that shit? But, um, it gives the wine this really nice finish. So last week when I was doing the LCBO stuff, I had tasted a, uh, a brand called bodacious, which is like, you know, 10, 11, 10 to 10 to $12 bottles of wine. They're on the lower end. Um, they're not bad, but they taste, you know, like just your average sort of sweet white girl wasted wine. Um, but they were doing a tasting for a red that was aged in, you know, burble, burble, bourbon barrel aged stuff. So I was like, oh, give this a try. And it was actually quite good. So one of the things I did while I was out uh, in Kingston, Paul and I went grocery shopping is uh, we stopped at an LCBO and I bought one of these bottles of the bodacious, you know, bourbon barrel aged wine. Very nice. Um, we all enjoyed it. You know, we, we shared it with the, the house. So we all thought it was particularly nice. And, um, I bought a bottle of this stuff a long time ago, the stave and steel, um, Californian cab soap. Now this is not a $12 bottle. This is an $18 bottle, 18 or 19 bucks, whatever it is. And, uh, I bought it. I haven't tried it yet sitting in my collection, but I noticed that for black Friday, these stave and steel, uh, bottles were on sale for $5 off. Now, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, this is my, my little black Friday, you know, tip for you guys. You guys are going to be listening to this today, you know, on the 28th, it's the 27th right now. You guys are going to be listening to this on the 28th. It is the last day of that sale. So if you happen to be one of my listeners who is in Ontario, um, please, please go to the LCBO and check out one of these bottles. It is so popular. It is sold out all over Ottawa. I drove to the LCBO to get the last two bottles. Again, I haven't even tried it yet, but with its popularity and the fact that it's five bucks off, you know, there's, it's on sale for $13. So it's either 18 or $19. It's on sale for $13 right now. I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this before it's, you know, just in, just in case it's really good. By the time I try the bottle that I have, if it ends up being really good, well, I want to know that I grabbed a couple bottles, you know, save 10 bucks. Right. So anyways, there's my little, my little shopping tip for you. If you're looking for a really nice, um, again, I don't know why I'm talking it up. This is the, this is the reviews that everyone's given. If you're looking for a really nice red that has a sweeter finish, you know, more of a bourbony sort of sweet, spicy sort of, uh, finish, uh, check out Stave and Barrel. It's on sale $5 off until end of day Wednesday. So if you're one of those people who didn't download the podcast day of, and you're listening to it, you know, Friday or a week from now, you done fucked up. At least if you're a wine drinker and you want to try some good wine. So, um, I just think it's interesting too. Like there's so much craft stuff going on with alcohol, right? Like obviously whiskeys are aged in wine and port and sherry casks. So this is kind of the opposite. It's the wine being aged in the whiskey cask. It's interesting. I, uh, I'm looking forward to trying this one, but the, um, the bodacious that I tried $12, uh, a bottle. So if you miss out on that and you, you kind of want to get an idea of what it, what it's supposed to taste like the, uh, the bodacious, uh, bourbon barrel aged, uh, wine red is, uh, is quite nice. So, um, that, I, that I can speak to, I've tried it personally. So anyways, I, um, yeah, I, I tried that. I was excited for this. Um, I, uh, 
I definitely uh, hung out with my buddy Frank Spadone. I didn't. I mean, Sunday night was kind of cool. I I did not. I'm sorry to disappoint anyone who's excited. Um, I did not get to record a podcast with Frank Spadone. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's one of the funniest human beings that that's out there. I, I really have to be honest with you. He's one of the funniest fucking human beings. And we were going to record Sunday afternoon when I got back from grocery shopping. Um, it was late in the afternoon, probably at four o'clock. Didn't have a, I spoke to him. He wanted to watch a, a basketball game. Then he had the show at absolute comedy. I'm like, Hey, why don't we just record afterwards? I will record after the show. By the end of the show, both he and I were so tired from the day that I was just like, Hey man, I'll tell you what, why don't we just do it when I'm in Toronto next? You know, I don't want to force the podcast. I don't want to, you know, us both be exhausted and we do an episode that we're not really happy with because we just sort of did it like work. I'd rather sit down, have a good time. So Frankie is like, yeah, man, next time you're in Toronto, Frank's Italian, of course, if you can't tell, Frank's spot on. Um, but Frankie, I was like, hey, man, I'll invite you to, uh, to you know, Sunday dinner, or whatever, big Italian dinner, you know, and then we'll do the podcast. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? Italians know how to eat, you know, stereotypes are true sometimes. So, um I apologize, but the, uh, you guys will have to wait a little longer for, uh, for an episode with Frank Spadone, but, uh, all the people who came out to see him, lots of, lots of people in Ottawa, they, if you've seen Frank Spadone, you know how funny he is. He's the one that I did, uh, that, uh, that show with last year. So in speaking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the one I did with Jim McNally and Rick Curry for the business association, um, Frank's the one who brought me out there last year. Super good dude. Super comic guys. Google Frank Spadone and just look at some of his, his materials. The guy's fucking hysterical. One of the things I got at Costco, this is what I want to tell you guys about too. I was raving about the Mexican Cokes in California. Well, um, I found a case. They sell uh, like, a, I don't know what the hell they call it, like a Coke Fiesta or whatever. It's like a two, four in glass bottles. Half the case is the Mexican Cokes. The other half is uh, one row of Fanta Orange and the other row is Sprite. These are all made with cane sugar. Most, most if not all, of the uh, Coke that we have in Canada, like Coke products and all the other products comes from the States. The States uses high fructose corn syrup. I was actually, because I'm getting old and I don't know what the fuck is going on with me, but earlier today on YouTube, I was watching a video of, um, I just t typed in how it's made into YouTube because I like those videos watching the fucking factories and shit. And, uh, and I was watching the, the, uh, you know, how it's made Coca-Cola. So it was showing all the different aluminum, glass, and uh, plastic bottles, how they make the bottles, how they fill it, everything like that. Did you guys know, fun fact, that Coke has a like a special syrup that they send, and not like the the bar syrup where it's already pre-mixed and they just add the, the water to it, but Coke actually sends like a concentrate, a super secret concentrate to the Coca-Cola like plants. So basically the places that like manufacture Coke they don't manufacture everything from like the syrup, you know, right to the end product. They basically, what they do is they add sugar and water to this super secret syrup. So all these Coke factories are essentially, they receive the, the concentrate, they call it from an undisclosed factory. So nobody knows where the Coke concentrate is actually made because it's such a super secret recipe, you know, and I can't have everyone making Coke <laughs> anyways. So Costco currently has these Fiesta packs and these are the ones that are made with cane sugar. So in North America, generally speaking, you know, up until very, very recently has only had the, um, the high fructose corn syrup 
Coca-Cola and pop and all this other stuff. So in California, they're so close to the Mexican border. They have the Mexican Cokes. I got to enjoy those on my trip. Very, very nice. Very, very tasty. And, um, and now they have them at Costco here. I was so happy. I bought myself a case and I am currently drinking a, uh, a, a cane sugar Fanta. And you know what? It does not taste disgusting. I've had Fanta many times. It tastes fucking gross, but for some reason with the sugar, it tastes pretty. So there you go. 30 minutes in. I haven't been particularly, <laughs> I haven't been particularly funny or interesting yet. And I apologize guys. That comes from the fatigue, but, uh, yesterday in the morning, uh, very early morning, I drove my buddy Frank Spadone to the airport. He's headed back to Toronto and then I went out Ubering. All right. Morning was great. Nothing special to report. Uh, went to the gym with my buddy, Rory Gardner and my buddy, Peter, Peter, the, uh, Peter, the paramedic who I'm trying to get on this goddamn podcast to do an interview with me because he's got, he's told me so many interesting things about what it's like to be a paramedic. I have so many questions. I would love to open up questions to you guys too, right? You can always email in contact the one podcast.com and say, Hey, Peter, you big fuck. Stop being afraid and do the podcast. Now, Peter has a, I would say legitimate concern. He's worried that, you know, if he tells stories about patients and things like that, that he can get in shit. But I have told him with confidence that as long as you don't say where you work for like what County, as long as you don't mention any patients by name, if I'm asking questions about like, Hey, as a paramedic, you know, what's happening? He can tell stories as long as he doesn't, you know, say someone's name or address or anything like that. So I would love to get some emails from you guys encouraging Peter because Peter has told me some insanely, insanely fascinating, interesting, um, kind of scary and, and, and heart thumping stories of being a paramedic. And I would love for him to tell those stories to you guys. And I would love to ask even more questions and just, you know, some things. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm always inclined to tell people a couple little stories that he's told me just because it's like, oh, this is what, how fascinating I find it. But I, I don't want to do that. I would rather save those stories, let them come from his lips and, uh, and whatnot. But anyways, uh, Rory Gardner comic and my buddy, Peter, we went to the gym yesterday, uh, did some supersets, worked uh, chest and back. Um, my arms are sore today. Feeling good though, guys, like again, doing good with the eating, right? Not eating too much, uh, garbage and, uh, you know, doing good with my, my granola and my yogurt and eggs and stuff like that. So, I mean, just to give you a little update, I'm, I'm doing good. The numbers in the scale are not moving up or down right now. So I'm, I'm kind of stagnant. So hopefully just stay the course, hit the gym. It's easy to just scarf food and drink shit while it's cold outside, but hot chocolates and lattes and all that fun stuff. Oh man, I want them, but, uh, gotta be a good bitch, right? This is the time of year where people start putting on like Thanksgiving weight and Christmas weight and all that stuff. So it's not going to happen to me. It's not fucking taking me down. So, uh, so yeah, but on my way home from the gym, okay. I thought to myself, Hey, why don't I, uh, why don't I throw on the old Uber? It's raining like a motherfucker in the city. Why don't I throw on the old Uber? See if I can make a bit of extra cash. I noticed everything was surging and I go and I accept a ride. I'm almost home, but I accept a ride. Uh, I go pick the person up and I'm driving halfway along the drive. Um, I hit the biggest pothole I've ever hit as a driver and I've hit many of them, but because of the intense rain that was coming down, it didn't even look like a pothole. I saw the car ahead of me sort of like splash in it, but it was a bigger vehicle. I drive a Honda fit. It's a smaller vehicle. Um, my wheel popped into the hole smash. And I had a car full of people too. So it was extra weight on my poor little tire, but, uh, smashed it hard. 
it, I was like, what? I even said it loud. Jesus Christ. Proceeded to drive like another 10, 12 minutes to the, the, the passenger's destination. But, but in the last couple of blocks, I felt like a pull to the side of my, uh, my vehicle I was pulling to the right. And, uh, when I dropped them off and drove, you know, into the parking lot to take a look, um, I had a flat. So luckily I have an air pump in my vehicle. I pumped the tire back up, but it was just spewing air out the side of the big dented rim. Um, so I, uh, I drove towards, um, uh, the dealership that I bought my car from, um, I will say their name. They are the same ones that I told you guys a long time ago that tried to replace me, that tried to charge me 150 bucks to replace a dashboard light that wasn't even out. Uh, Dow Honda, I would say, um, avoid them like the plague. They don't give a shit about you. I can say that with confidence. Um, I, I showed up there, you know, like I wasn't crazy far from them. So I was like, well, I got to get this, this tire fixed. It's like six o'clock at night too. So naturally this shit happens when all the dealerships and basically when, when help is, is it's furthest point away. I'm not going to dwell too, too long in it guys, but I was fucking screaming in the car when this happened. I was so mad. And so I get to the dealership and, uh, and they don't let me in. One guy comes and he opens a different door than the one I'm parked in front of. I, I wasn't sure. Some dealerships are open till like nine. Some are open till seven. But this guy just leaves the door closed, comes to a different door. Uh, what's up, man? We're closed. And I'm like, yeah, I got I got a flat flat tire right now. Like, I don't know what to do about it. Can you can you take a look at it? And, nope, we're closed, man. And I go, okay, well, I have like Honda roadside assistance or whatever. He goes, did what, you hit a pothole? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, if you hit a pothole, it's your it's your fault. You don't your your roadside assistance doesn't cover that. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like like I was actually on the phone with the roadside assistance when I pulled in there, but it was like press this, you know, if you know what, like all that shit. So I'm burning that, that phone time while I'm driving to the dealership. And then finally it asked me for my VIN number and I can't see it, the fucking, the rain and everything like that. I couldn't, couldn't see it in its regular spot. And, um, and I don't know what it is off a hand. Now I'm talking to this guy. So I just, I just hung up the phone. So he's like, yeah, I can't help you. And I go, well, what if I get the car like towed here? Like, are they going to, he goes, yeah, you could have them towed here and they'll throw the keys in the lockbox, but I'm not going to get to it for a week is what he says. I go, you can't change a tire in a week. No, snow tire season. Everyone's busy. We're all busy with snow tires. I'm like, wow. I go, you guys are fucking useless, man. Like this, this no, like, Hey, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Let's see if maybe what we can do, maybe call in the more, like no courtesy whatsoever. Like basically go fuck myself. So I pump my tire again, head home. And, uh, I think I had to pump it up one more time on my way, but I was just like, I was fucking cursing. I'm like the, 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 Attitude I had at the time, and I'm sorry, but it, it's, you know, some people might go, that's a, that's a, that's stinking thinking, Josh. Um, I was pissed off because I was like, you know what? It's going to be the end of the month. It's Christmas season. I got some expenses coming up soon. I'm going to try to make a little bit of money, get ahead of some of these bills, you know? And when I turned it on, I took one ride and I hit a pothole and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to get a new rim, maybe a new tire, an alignment. I'm like, I, I was just trying to get ahead and instead, I probably just set myself back like two to $500 minimum. So I was in a bad mood. And I'm like, and not only that, but I called, I, as soon as I was done with that place, I called the, the good dealership, Hunt Club Honda, the ones that always helped me. Um, and they, uh, they were like, yeah, we can, we can try to get you in. Can you, can you leave the car with us tomorrow? And I said, sure. They go, yeah, if you can leave it with us for the day, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. So just come on in and, and you know, try to be here before nine if you can. Amazing. So courteous. They were like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that happened. Like they were good. 
And, um, and the whole way home, I'm just pissed off. Like, how am I going to limp my car? Like the, the dealership that I go to that takes care of me is like halfway across the city from me. So I'm like, with this flat tire, how am I going to limp my car? Like, am I going to have to stop every 10 minutes and, you know, um, put air in my tire? Sorry, my something just went off. I heard the notification on one of my other devices. I'm trying to think of what the fuck it might be. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I get home and, um, you know, I tell, I tell my, my, my mom and I was, and I've been, and I've been chatting with Crystal. So I, I, I chatted with her. She was great. I basically, she basically calmed me down was like, you know, you can't associate the fact that like, like I said, I was in a bad way. I was like, I was like, fuck, this is like, I'm like, this is what happens to me when I try to like, you know, when I get proactive and try to be productive, you know, like I try to go out and, you know, do something good or make some, like I had my evening to myself. Right. So I was like, I was going to come home and, you know, metaphorically shove my thumb up my ass and sit around and do nothing. And instead I was like, no, I'll go, I'll, I'll go drive. I'll make some money. Like I'll go earn. And then that happened. So I was just like, I was like, well, fuck me. Like even when I try, I fail. Right. You guys have heard me just talk like down in the dumps sometimes before. And, um, I'm just saying it's easy for that mindset to happen. It's easy to attribute, you know, when I was chatting with Stork about that whole, there's this whole feeling sometimes of like, I just can't, like you can't win. You know, something good happens to you. Something bad is going to happen soon afterwards because you can't win. Right. It's a, it, it is like a, um, if you're kind of person who suffers from depression, it is a kind of a mindset that, that you get. And sometimes it's a codependent thing. Sometimes it's, you know, like if you have just a self-esteem thing in general, but, um, but yeah, that's definitely where my mind went early on. And, uh, you know, I had a, a good long chat with, with crystal. She was good. I mean, I felt, I felt kind of bad too, because I mean, we'd, we'd been on the phone for, you know, a reasonable amount of time. It wasn't, wasn't crazy, but she had listened to me and she knows in the best, but I just, I was bummed out. I was bummed out, but she, she's a good listener. She helps give me perspective sometimes. So, you know, shout out. I know she's listening. Um, shout out and, and, and you know, much love motherfucker for the, uh, for, for being kind. Um, you know, there's other people that were, you know, that I, I tried to like my mom in passing and, uh, and, you know, and Jason, too, because I was gonna, I was there was a chance I was gonna meet up with Jay at one point in the evening, and uh, he called me. And when I told him what's something, he's like, "Oh, he's like, okay, so you're not coming. All right, later." I'm like, "Oh, he's like, no, like, hey, man, sorry to hear that. Really fucking sucks." But um, yeah, and the same with my mom. Like, like you know, I, t- I told my mom, and she's like, "Well, you know, like, there's a lot of people suing the city for potholes, and you know, maybe you should try to." It's like sometimes, you know what? I'm starting to get like something that's basically it's it's like a stereotype that attacks women, and I'm not attacking women. I'm saying like. You know, sometimes like, you know, a woman just wants to be heard and that's kind of like what it is. You know, sometimes you just, you don't want someone to solve their, solve your shit or tell you, you know, oh, it's fine. It's sometimes you just want, you know, you want a little motherfucking acknowledgement. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. So, um, I made some dinner and then after that I gave, uh, I gave a call to my roadside assistants. I figured, you know what? I never actually got in the phone with them and I was, I was kind of pissed off cause I'm like, well, if, if roadside assistance doesn't cover, I'm sure like a bunch of you, the second I said that story about how the guy's like, well, if you hit the pothole, it's your fault and your roadside assistance isn't going to cover it. I'm sure a bunch of people are like, what the fuck? Like, and that's how like everyone I told at the dealership today, when I told them that they're like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? So there you go. That's Dow Honda will try to charge you for uh shit that that isn't wrong with your car and they will lie to you about your roadside assistance and tell you shit's not covered when it is. It doesn't even come out of their pockets. So like, what the fuck is their problem? Anyways, hate them. Do not go to Dow Honda. I hope they hear this and go, Hey, you can't say I absolutely nothing I'm saying about you fuckers is untrue. And I know that's very negative and I apologize to my listeners for that, but not Dow Honda, man. You know, you buy a couple vehicles from a place. You think they treat you with a half bit of, of fucking respect and you know, anyways, 
yeah, we're not closed. We can't, we can't take it. You can drop your keys up, but like we, can, we won't get to it for a week. It's like, fuck yourself. Yeah, your roadsides, it's your fault. So your roadside, like the guy wasn't the size to be like, hey man, I'm sorry to hear, but we're we're jam busy. Like I don't think we're going to get to you. If there's a chance that you can bring it somewhere else, you might get better. No courtesy whatsoever. You know, and I'm always like, I want to go in there and cause shit. Like at the same time too, like all the paint chips that they were supposed to deal with. I haven't heard back from them. It's been like six months, you know, so fuckers all right that's off my chest um what else i went i went yeah so um i, I called my roadside assistance people and they said that uh they go yeah of course it's covered they go, they, they go um i was gonna do it last night but they said they can't do uh, an appointment thing so last night when i called them i was gonna say can i get a ride in the morning to the dealership you know they said we can only do it like we can do it now we can do it if you call in the morning we can do it then too but we can't like schedule a, a pickup or a tow so I said, okay, I would have done it last night. The only thing is that like towed all the, towed the car all the way to the dealership, dropped my keys off. And then, you know, then I have to, you know, pay a cab or something to get there. So I just figured I'll do it in the morning. But, um, the people at hunt club Honda, of course, did everything like they could. The, the tow truck guy was fucking amazing. Shout out to Brad from towing and recovery. Uh, I'm trying to get the name of it here. I've got his card right here. I gotta shut up shit. Brad, Brad was a good dude. I think it's C yeah. CJ towing and recovery in Ottawa. Was he ever a good dude, man? Like he, um, he banged the dented, um, rim with a mallet and like actually shaped it back to the point where it wasn't spewing air, at least not in any kind of way we could do it. Like we sprayed this window cleaner on the, on the hole and it didn't seem to be spewing any air out. Um, but he was like, you know what? Honestly, if I were you, I, I would just, I think the problem solved I banged it back into place. I think it's good. Uh, and I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, well, I mean, I, I drive on it like this. So I was like, oh shit. Well, I go, I go, I appreciate that, but I go with my luck, you know, I'll end up somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And that's when the leak will decide it's back or I'll go, I'll go over a little bump and it'll just be enough to, to lose air. And then I won't be able to, you know, then I'll be screwed. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and do this, but I, I really appreciate you doing that for me. And maybe, maybe they will tell me that it's, it's fixed, you know, and instead of them charging me the labor for some guy to bang it out, like maybe they just look at it and go, cool. So I saw my people at, at Hunt Club Honda, not a very compelling story, but um, they, they went over everything. I got the car back at the end of the day. They got me a shuttle home, everything like that. And, um, it only, it only ended up being, I had, they had, they said that the rim was cooked. Uh, there was a second dent on the inside. Um, so they said that you're going to have to, you know, they, they, they replaced the, the rim. I said, if you got to do it, do it. And they did an alignment. So, you know, 270 bucks, not the end of the world. Again, I much rather not have spent that, especially this time of year. Um, but, uh, shit happens and, you know, and that's kind of the way I, uh, I have to look at it. I can't just be pissed off and, you know, you know, oh, you try to get ahead. Like that's, that's shitty thinking. And of course we all get mad. We all get there, but, uh, another, another car, another trip to the old fucking car lot. Um, but lucky for me, they didn't charge me for like any of the labor or anything like that. It was just the rim, just the alignment. Everything else was on them. Cause they're a good bunch of fuckers. Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. All right. I, I'm shouldn't be telling you guys exactly what a great deal I get, but they're good to me. Okay. And, and the most important thing is I got to tell you, this is anybody in the, uh, you know, Ottawa area, go to hunt club Honda and just know that they don't do work there that they don't have to do. You know what I mean? Even if you're paying full price for shit, know that you're paying for the work that needs to be done and not a bunch of, Oh, well your, your button over here doesn't work. And I don't know. The car smells kind of funny. You should probably buy a new car. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a good day all in all, 
It sucks to pay the money, but I was glad that the, you know, I'm glad that they fucking hooked me up, you know? So appreciate that. That's been my week. So it was a great week in, in, uh, Kingston. Um, you know, and it's been, uh, it's been a little, little fun since I've been back, but, but kind of shitty with the car repair shit, but regardless, a new week will start soon. I'm going to be very, very happy to be back at it. I do. I did want to share this with you guys again, trying to be positive and I'm, I'm fading so quick right now. So again, I apologize. Episode 81, not going to be one of the best ones guys. I'm so sorry. Um, I really need to have this done right early in the day. And you know what? Last night, I actually had a little bit of time in the afternoon. I prepped a ton of stuff for the podcast nice and early so that, you know, when I was done Ubering this morning, you know, had I, had I been in a position to do it, um, when I was done Ubering, I was going to come home and record the podcast, lots of energy, tell the stories with a little bit more flair and things like that, and then uh, go from there. But not the case. Cooked a rim. And, uh, instead spent the day, uh, waiting for my, my car. Cause I, at any point the phone was going to ring and it was going to be ready. So anywho, um, yeah, that was it. Um, the Russell Peters thing, I want to tell you guys, cause I had a conversation last week and, um, here's, here's, here's the thing. Okay. I, um, I get to do a lot of cool things and I get a lot of opportunities because of the nature of the work that I'm in. Okay. I get invited to a lot of things. Um, I'm not, I'm really, I'm, there's not a part of me that's bragging what I'm trying. I'm, I'm getting to a point. Okay. Just, just, just in case I lose you, like I'm some sort of, you know, humble brag or braggart cocksuck or whatever. I'm just saying I have an opportunity to do a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people who work Monday to Friday, nine to five don't, but a lot of these things require me to put on a face and, you know, be very positive and high energy. And, um, uh, at the same time too, like there's a lot of, there's always almost always alcohol involved and I don't want to be drinking all the time and stuff like that. And I'm not like, like a lot of these things I go to and I just don't drink and people are like, Oh, you don't want a beer. Like people try to force you to drink too. Sometimes I'm sure some of you guys, like regular people can understand that, that as much. But what I'm trying to say is, I, I share with you guys, like I've always prided myself and I mean that I, I've been proud of the fact that sometimes even before I tell a story, I have a moment where I'm like, do you really want to tell this? Like, you don't know who's listening. Anyone could be listening and, and judge you for what you're about to say. Cause you're about to talk about, you know, a shortcoming or a depression thing or whatever. When it comes to the negative stuff, I know, I, I know I have friends who used to listen to the podcast and they go, man, it's just you bitching all the time. And I'm, and I'm not trying to say that there's episodes where I'm not doing that, you know, that, that still is definitely exists. It was worse before, or it is getting better, but it was worse before. Um, but now I try to be mindful, like of the fact that like some things, sometimes I think, you know what, this story for a lot of people, they would consider it a positive because I had friends who like, when I would tell them, like I had a bad time going out, they're like, well, that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun, man. I got to work all fucking week. So, you know, if I went out to something like that, like I would have had a good time. You know, like just to hear you, you hear you bitching about something that would have been like a lot of fun. And it's like, I have a different life than a lot of people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you this example. You, some of you guys work a nine to five job, Monday to Friday, great structure. You go to work at a particular time. 
You do your job. You know how much money you're making. You can expect your paycheck at a particular time. You know when the bills are coming out. You know how much of that paycheck is going to the bills. Like I'm not saying you have it better than me, but I'm saying I look at that level of structure and that level of expectation and anticipation and things like that. To, it, it's a level of security to know, like, I'm not saying everyone's job is secure, but it's a level of security to know, like every week I get this much money. So, you know, I know it's going to be there and I just keep showing up to work and doing a good job. And it's going to be there. I show up to do stand up and I do a good job, but I don't have a guaranteed show the next week. There's some weeks where I have no shows at all. You know what I mean? And I still have to go out and, and make appearances and hobnob and things like that. And it's sometimes it's fun and sometimes it feels like work. You know, sometimes it's something I really don't want to go to. And the thing is to be, to tell someone who works nine to five and doesn't get to go out as much as I do, because they have kids and a mortgage and a house. And I know that those things are responsibilities at the same time. They're amazing things too, to come home to someone that you love, to have a family that, that you love and that loves you to, to have a home and to actually have an investment where your money's going into something like while there's a negative side to those, there's also an incredibly positive one too. Do you know what I mean? And that's the same way with, with my business. I mean, I could just, I could just blanket sweep everything and say, you know, grass is greener or whatever. But I mean that like, while to some people it might sound like all I do is fucking party and I'm living some frat boy life. I have to go out and put on a face even when I don't want to, you know, I, I do get tired a lot and I don't want to be out till midnight and the amount of people are like, no, come to this event and come to that event. Hey, we're opening this up. We'd love to have you out to the event. And I don't want to disappoint people. You know what I mean? I don't want to disappoint people. And at the same time, this whole thing might sound like bitching to somebody and I'm sorry, but I had friends in the past say to me like, Hey man, I'm, I can't, I can't listen to you like complain about like cool things and that's fine. You don't have to, but it's not that I'm just choosing to complain about something. It's fun. It's that sometimes it's exhausting. My work while it's entertaining to some is still work for me. And I put a lot of effort into it. And sometimes I just, I do things that are like, ugh, that Russell Peters show, I really didn't want to go to. I mentioned that I wanted to go to it, but it's, it's the reason this comes to mind. Okay. And I'm trying to bring it all back around to what I started talking about it for is I was talking with someone and I told them how much I really didn't want to go and how much it really wasn't that much fun. And I'm not... In terms of career-wise, it's not overly intelligent to be like, hey, by the way, this big act, I didn't enjoy his show. Just to publicly state that is not exactly intelligent. Um, but regardless, it's, it's, I didn't have a great time, okay? I tried to make the most of it, but in terms of wanting to go, didn't want to. In terms of having a great time when I was there, not really. I told you guys some funny stories about how I snuck in booze, sure. I tried to make it fun or funny, but I wasn't looking forward to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be out late. I'm going to miss working in the morning because of this. So this is going to cost me more money than it is, you know, but other people are like, oh, well, that would have been great. I would have loved to have gone. So I guess what I'm saying is I've always prided myself on the fact that, you know, I tell you guys the truth and I, I, I have, have recently, there's been times where, cause again, this person I was speaking to, they're like, well, when you told me about what it was like. It didn't sound like you had a very good time. But then when I listened to the podcast, it sounded like there was a bunch of people, you're having a good time. It was enjoyable. And I, and I sort of realized, cause they were saying that like, it does, they're like, you know, I don't really like, what is it? You know? And I was kind of like, you know what? And I, and I explained to them, I said, you know, I, I don't like to downplay things like that because then when people hear it, they're like, wow, you're complaining about something that would have been fun. But I was like, but the truth of the matter is 
Um, it makes me, I, I get insecure when I hear people say like, oh, well you're bitching and I don't want to hear that. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, well I can't, I can't do that anymore. I got to turn around and like, I guess people please, if you will. So what I'm trying to say is like, I'm, I'm doing my best to not just sink into negativity sometimes and just complain and bitch. This podcast really is for the most part, my, my public journal where I get to tell you guys what's going on with me and, and kind of let you know what I did, but also how I felt in it, you know, and I'm not trying to lose listeners. I really would like this to be funny because a lot of my life is going around making jokes and stuff. But in terms of, of you guys listening, my podcast listeners, the people who meet me after shows, they get a very happy go lucky sort of, sort of dude, which I am to an extent. Um, but those of you who listen to this know me better than I would say 99% of the people that I meet. You know, and even, even other family members and stuff, because I don't sit down with family members and just, just open up a vein. It's kind of hard to do that, especially in my family, in the circle of people that I know, my, you know, Jason, my mother, whatever, these are all people that talk so much, like you're constantly competing to be heard. So when I, I'm, I like being honest with you guys. And when I'm really down, like I, you know, I tell it to the world, I don't write in journals cause I don't have, I don't have, you know, I have too much ADD for it. I'm trying to start doing that. Um, anyways, what I'm getting at is I've prided myself on being honest and sometimes, um, I sugarcoat things that even though they should be fun, maybe to others are just fun or just are work. I was gonna say fucking work for me, but they're, they're, they're work They're You got to put on a face and to pretend to be happy and excited when you're not takes fucking effort. And I, a lot of me does that for a living. So even when I have good shows and stuff, it's just, it's stressful. It's work like that, that back and forth with that dude, you know, that was work to try to not bully him. Cause I'm not a piece of shit, but at the same time, try to still try to keep it entertaining and be silly and figure out what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like that, that stuff's work. And to make it look like it's just a funny exchange back and forth and whatever, you know, like I, I recovered from it very, very well, but it was just so fucking weird. All I'm trying to say is, um, when it comes to how much fun I have at some things, um, I've been putting more of a positive spin on certain things. Um, mostly just so that I don't make you guys feel like, you know, the, the positive stuff again, like the stuff that, that might be fun to you is super fun to me. It's not to say that I'm like, listen, I'm going to start being more real and just start bitching about everything. You know, I, I, I'm concerned right now that that might be the impression I'm giving. I just mean that like, went to people who I talk to and I, you know, I'm able to say like, Hey, I did this thing and it really wasn't that great. And I, you know, kind of was bored all night or whatever. And then I go on the podcast, Hey, I went to this thing and then this happened and that happened. And they're like, so was it, did you have fun or not? You know, um, I think that's reasonable. And, uh, I'm just trying to make sure that I can, um, you know, I, I, I want to be as real as possible in this podcast. So moving forward, um, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to make things miserable, but at the same time too, like, again, Russ is a big deal. He's a super nice guy and, and he is talented. I just, you know, you see a lot of other things too. Like in terms of that, that show, Russ is a guy who does a lot of crowd work. People are like, oh, he picks on the audience and he does excellence in, in the industry. We call that crowd work. Well, Russ is a millionaire, travels all over the world doing crowd work. He does have material as well, but he does a lot of crowd work and, at the same time in the last like two years, my agent, who was the one who, who encouraged me to do crowd work and be myself on stage, um, you know, has refused to push my career forward because of the fact that I do crowd work. So the thing that he encouraged me to do, the thing that other comics are like, dude, you're amazing at, and the thing that, you know, Russell Peters is a millionaire for 
are you know so it's just i mean shit like that happens too like you can't you can't sit in a room with another guy in your industry and watch him destroy and make shitloads of money for something that you yourself do and and you know and the the, the industry is like hey you don't do that but that guy should do that just a lot of things a lot of things go through your mind especially again i've been fighting a lot of shit lately uh, depression wise so um I had a nice time going out. The people I with were, were friendly and I was very grateful for Jason offering me the ticket. But at the end of the day, was it a fucking rock star party that it might've been for some of the people in that crowd? Absolutely not. It was, it was long and I was tired, whatever. All, all I know is I'm trying to be more honest. That's what the point of this podcast is. All right. People who are my friends, people who may be fans of my comedy or whatever, this, this podcast is your opportunity to get to know the real me. So my, my highs and my lows. Okay. And I just want to make sure that I'm not, um, I also want to try Like I've also been more mindful to guys of the lows. All right. I try not to fucking dwell on the lows and just, just hate. Nobody wants to tune into that shit. So it's all about balance. You know, I'm still, still working on it. All right. You guys are with me. I appreciate your patience. Listen to me fucking scrolling through my phone for information and finding the perfect part of a set or whatever. Just, just know, I do appreciate you guys, um, listening and being out there. I just want you to, to, you know, if you're tuning in to, to get to know the real me, I want to make sure that that's what I'm giving you. Right. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing? You know, what the fuck are we doing here? So having said that, thank you for listening to that big, long, whatever the fuck it was. Um, we're going to do our touch and go segment right now, guys. What is that? That is where I call and I fucking check in on, uh, the people that I care about in my life. I'm turning my, my airplane mode, uh, off. So getting the call. So I assume that my phone is going to start blowing up with, uh, with, uh, messages. It is quarter after nine on a Tuesday. I'm going to call, uh, Paul and Leonard, not both at the same time, of course, but just, uh, you know, or maybe I will do that sometime, but, but I'm going to call Paul, see how he's doing. And then we will give uh, Leonard a little call just to see how these motherfuckers is doing. I, uh, I haven't seen them in a few days. So let's see how Paul's doing. Give Paul a little ring a ding here. Ooh. Maybe he's touching himself. We'll leave my voicemail if he doesn't answer. Is this good radio? <laughs> Hello. Oh, Paul Beluyet. Welcome to the One Man Podcast. Oh, this is the worst. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> hey, One Man Podcast. <laughs> this is the worst. I love that. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. You yeah. know, um, working, serving some tables. Oh, are you working right now? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's going to make this so much better. Um, yeah, priorities in life, you know? Yeah. Well, how long, how long do you think I can have with you right now? 30 seconds? A minute? Uh, Something like that, like a minute or two. Okay. I've got I've got time for you, Josh Williams. Oh my god. Why do you sing both my names, Paul Beluyet? That's so weird. I don't know. Uh <laughs> I was uh how's your week been ever since you've been back? Are you getting uh, proper sleep without snoring from the other bedroom? Good, yeah. The walls don't vibrate as much as when you're sharing a wall <laughs> with uh Josh Williams. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Uh there was one point where um actually because I was hating on you. No. were saying that I look like a ballerina. Were you? And then, um, yeah. Remember, I was wearing like the tight pants and my hair in a bun. I never even mentioned. fun of me. I didn't even mention any of that on the podcast. So you're outing yourself <laughs> right now for it. <laughs> so you said that. And then I was like, that jackass body shaming me. And then um, uh, I was morning, costume I was shaming you. I was costume <laughs> shaming you. <laughs> it was very black swan of me. Um, <laughs> 
but then uh, when um, uh, it actually when I, I saw myself in the mirror today while I was getting ready, and I was like, "Fuck, Josh is Josh was right." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do look like a ballerina. I mean, a successful one. Like, you got to be in pretty goddamn good shape to look like a ballerina. Like, I could dress like that, and people would be like, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> but you also, I also am built like a female ballerina, so it's less flattering. No? I thought they only came in one kind. Uh, <laughs> do they? I think that there's male, I think there's oh, male dancers, <laughs> <laughs> male dancers. They don't like being called stewardesses. Uh, no, I'm no, 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 not anymore. <laughs> and how are you doing, Josh Williams? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I was talking about how much fun we had this week and how we it drank, was a lot of fun. we drank uh, wine. Did you ever finish all your summer's bees? You bring them all home and sip yeah, on them. Yeah, uh, I got uh, trash yesterday, so uh, they're all gone. Not but I like the, uh, the, the half sweet one. Oh yeah, the semi dry. Semi dry. That has to be the best uh, um, summer's bee out of all the summer's bees. Nice. Yeah, I was telling the uh, telling the audience here about uh, you and me sitting around with uh, James afterwards while he was telling us stories with a Scottish accent. Yeah, and, and then we made him talk in an English accent. <laughs> That's what I said. He said he goes, "I can't do it. And I sound gay." Yeah. And then he ordered the what was it called the the uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'll have the come in cider." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't tell him that joke. That's funny. And he was asking everyone, "Hey, would you like to come insider? Would you like to come insider?" <laughs> like those but, old hacky bar jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure he has the same script. You know, it's just like us. He has like ten minutes of talk <laughs> that he could have in any bar. That was so funny. I was telling them too about Leonard's uh, Google abilities. The fact that we start oh, talking, yeah. you'd start talking about something and then two seconds later, Leonard would have it up on the screen, spin his laptop yeah. around. Yeah. That, it's a little too efficient. I thought so. I'm like, yeah. it, it definitely made me feel like everything I'm doing is wrong. If I'm, if I can't have a conversation with someone and immediately reference something. Or he's listening like too intently to all the things that you're saying. It's <laughs> like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was saying too, uh, I played, I actually, it's funny enough, I was telling everyone about that weird exchange I had with that dude the very first night. Oh yeah. And, and oh, it just, man. I recorded that with my phone. So I actually played it for the audience. So they'll, they'll have heard that. Oh, yeah. What a, and I'm pretty sure he's the guy who signed a comment card <laughs> saying that he was offended by all the F-bombs. And then on the comment card, it says, draw a picture. And he drew a picture of hairy balls. <laughs> So I don't understand why, like, did this guy learn that tonight or is that his thing all the time? I don't even know. That's what he took away. It's like, yeah. draw what you learned here tonight. Yeah, this is what I learned in Kingston. I'm an idiot. That's pretty much him. That's um, awesome. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you, you doing this pal. If you're at work, I don't want to get you in shit, but. Um, hey, thanks. No, if I got fired, it would be the best thing to happen to me. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, it was a fun week, man. I, I really enjoyed spending the time and I can't wait till, uh, it was, yeah, till we congrats work together. on your first, uh, your first full weekend headlining. Absolute. Ah, uh, dude. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm assuming you did well the last show. Um, oh yeah, no, it, it ended. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You were gone. I forgot about that. Yeah. You missed, you missed Leonard stalker too. She showed up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She showed yeah. up, but well, she I mean, left. I, I, I first saw her. So anyways, but yeah, okay. Yeah, she wasn't uh, yeah, that's right. Because I, I you were telling me the first night that she was there and I was telling them 
But uh, yeah, but yeah, he's he's still alive. He's still alive. He has not been skinned and made into. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> the night is young. That is true. All right. Well, thanks, Josh. Dude, thank you so much, and uh, I hope you're doing well. Always a pleasure, pal, and I'll uh, I'll chat with you thanks. soon. Yeah, man. I hope to see you soon. Bye, listeners. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> okay. Bye. Oh, my buddy Paul Beluit, guys. How about that shit? And we're gonna move right on from Paul. We're gonna we're gonna do my other partner in crime. It was funny too because because Paul Beluit's Filipino and Leonard Chen is Chinese. And it was just so funny in the show, like Paul would host, not like, you guys like, why is that funny? Uh, because they basically, they took me the three nights to be comfortable enough to make this fucking joke, but, um, <laughs> Leonard would get on stage. So Paul was hosting and then he would bring Leonard up and Leonard would say to the audience, for those of you just getting back from the bathroom, uh, it is a different comedian on stage right now. <laughs> I'm Leonard Chen. And he'd be like, oh, another Asian when he gets on stage. And then come like the the end of the week, you know, I'd get on stage. I'm like, another Asian. Oh, my God. And they would look at me. I go, I, I had the surgery done. It's, uh, you almost can't tell. But uh, but great dudes. Let us give the very funny Leonard Chan a call and see what he is up to. Home. Oh, that's just 23 B1. Ooh, codes. You dialed a long distance number. Yeah. Please stay on the line to complete the call. Okay. That's usually what I do to complete the call. I'm doing very well, guys. I can afford to spend the long distance money. I have unlimited nationwide calling. And that's just why my life is better, I guess. Everyone has that. Come on, Leonard. Come on, Leonard. It's 930. Come on, Leonard. Be there, buddy. He might be doing a show for fucking all I know. The guy's goddamn workhorse. So what we'll do is we'll leave him uh, a voicemail telling him he missed his chance at his one-man podcast debut. This is Leonard. Leave a message. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hey, Leonard, it's Josh Williams, your good buddy calling with his one-man podcast here, and I'm talking to your goddamn voicemail. Huh? What a waste. My listeners here, we just got off the phone with Paul Beluyat, catching up with him, seeing how he's done since we parted ways, and instead, I'm talking to your voicemail. I wanted it to be you too, buddy. Save the best for last. Just talk with Leonard, see how he's doing. Nope. Got his fucking voicemail. Well, buddy, I uh, I hope you're doing well. You know, maybe if you call me back, maybe... No, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, maybe I'll attach the recorder. Fuck that. This was That's how touch and go works, buddy. You're not there. We don't get a chance to chat. But I hope you're doing well. Had fun working with you. I'm not good at voicemails. Penis vagina. Later, buddy. Well, that was disappointing. But that's kind of how, how I want touch and go to work. Like, if I call people and there's nobody there... You know, that's it. That's a voicemail. That's what, you, that's what you're going to get. You missed your chance to to chat with the one and only Josh Williams. <laughs> so there we go, guys. I will let me know what you're thinking of these touch and go things. I kind of like the idea that, oh, we're getting a call back. A first ever return phone call. Leonard Chan calling me back on the podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Not too shabby. I just left you a lengthy voicemail and was explaining to the listeners. I'm like, well, you missed somebody. You know, that's, uh, that's how these little touch and go things work. Sometimes you don't get the person you're looking for. How are you? <laughs> well, here I am. I'm good. I, uh, I'm about to get on a train, but I will continue to have service. Okay. Uh, so this is going to be a moving call. No worries, pal. <laughs> we uh, These touch and goes are usually just like, it's just like a little five minute thing to see how you're doing, what's new with you. So where are you going on the train? I'm headed home. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm just going to make sure that I am headed home to see if this is, if I did properly get on this, uh, am I heading home? Is this correct? Is it a subway train? 
I have what now? Okay, so well then what, now what do I have to do then? <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds complicated. Yeah. Okay, so I have to pay right now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clearly I'm not getting on the train. I gotta pay something. Uh, I have an underpayment of twelve forty somehow. An underpayment? I don't know. I didn't tap something. I I yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is the uh, the Toronto transit system that I'm trying to navigate right now. The train is departing. Just get on the train, I'll I'll catch up with you. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. And yeah, yeah. No, I, this is on the this is on the air. <laughs> okay, okay. Right here. Okay. <laughs> that sounds so thing. complicated. And remember, I was telling you how overwhelmed I am at the idea of having to learn okay. the transit system. We're doing. Let's get on the train. <laughs> Who told me to tap that one? <laughs> okay. Well, I just paid extra. Whatever. That's so funny. <laughs> Is okay. that is that your wife with you? Yes. Okay. Dude, I remember you and I had a conversation about how overwhelmed I would be having to just learn the new s- subway system. And you're like, ah, it's easy. <laughs> and then I call you and you're like, this, I, you've been there how many years? <laughs> yeah. To be fair, this is a different, um, this is a different system that uh, I don't often take. It's the, we're going from Union Station to the I this none of this has to be could be possibly interesting to your listeners. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's how that's how this works. I call you with your pants down and no, we find I out what's going on with the you. Wrong button. Is that the go train? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. are they nice? I've heard that the upstairs is like okay. no talking. Okay. Cool. <laughs> are you still okay. going through are you still going through train customs right now? <laughs> Green to green. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't wait for this to air and get the feedback. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, this is like a, you guys seen Indiana Jones and the last crusade? I, I have. Okay. So, you know, like on the, uh, like when Harrison Ford is asking people for their tickets, this is what's happening to me. <laughs> oh, really? Tickets, tickets. <laughs> I'm trying not to get thrown off the blimp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Ticket. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, man, that's that's what it's how how's your uh, week been since uh, since you left Kingston? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. I got uh, home. I've just been writing a whole bunch of stuff for Winnipeg. I've been working on uh, working on some side hustles to you know afford food and shelter and stuff. Like that. <laughs> the fun stuff. Uh, but I did just come back from uh, seeing Bill and Hillary Clinton being interviewed. Are you serious? Where were they? Yeah, uh, they're at the Scotiabank Arena. Really? So that was interesting. Just a quiet evening of geopolitical discussion with the Clintons. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was talking about how like how good you were at like referencing and research and and how just how like a what a workhorse you are. And now you're like, oh, I'm just coming back from an evening <laughs> Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the only the only way you could get me to go and see those two is if it was a live sex show. <laughs> you know what? Just, the funny thing is this, I was thinking the whole time. I was I was watching those two sitting there, I was like those two are going to bone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, um, what was another thing too? Your stalker. I, I told the audience about your stalker. Has oh, nice. she, has she reached out to you again since, uh, the meeting on Sunday night? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, she has not. No, 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 she has not. So we don't, I, so nothing has happened yet, but we'll find out, uh, if this 
mythical show will go on. Yeah, I forgot to, to do. <laughs> I forgot to even ask you about all the details of that, which is which is funny. So clearly, my level of investment in uh, in that enterprise is uh, <laughs> minimal. <laughs> But yeah, buddy, just singing your praises about what a great job you did uh, all week, how funny everything oh. was. And, and again, how every conversation would result in you showing us all the information uh, that you found on the internet based on it. <laughs> well, well, we have this tool at our disposal, this amazing <laughs> thing. Like, you know, I mean, at this point, yeah, like this is, this is how cyborgs begin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. I'm garbage at it. I didn't tell the listeners the story about that dude who like tried to bring God to an Island and ended up just getting murdered for it. But every, every podcast oh, yeah. is apparently talking about this week. So I just thought it was yeah. funny that like <laughs> how quickly you found memes of guys getting covered in arrows and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was a very accurate depiction of what happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, man, it was, it was really fun. I listen, I just want to say I had a blast. I'm trying to keep these, I'm trying to keep the format of yeah. these. Cause I love chatting with, with, with friends and in, in comics. So I'm trying yeah. to, trying to keep them short. And so far yeah. I actually think it's hilarious. Just the soundbite of you going through the train, how fucking hilarious that is. Just as so <laughs> yeah, here, I put, so I don't go here with the green one. Edit out my incompetence Not a please. chance, buddy. It stays. <laughs> that's, that's what these are all about. Okay. But uh, awesome. I had so much fun cool. working with you, dude. And I can't wait till uh, we yeah. get a chance to, to hang out again. Absolutely. You were fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that's, it was a really good first outing as a headliner. And you know what? You're it's first of many, man. First of many. Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. Keep killing it too. And good luck with, uh, with Winnipeg. I can't wait to tell the listeners uh, to, to watch for you there this year. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. All right, pal. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. What a good, what a good couple of dudes, right? Hope all that was worth listening to, but guess what? Since you guys don't tell me what you like, ah, blame you. What an, what an aggressive outward attacking dude. I seem to be sometimes. I just want you guys to be happy, man. That's all. I just, I just give a fuck about you. So there we go. Touch and go for another week. And with that, what, what comes next, huh? After I've done running my mouth for an hour and 16 minutes, just the first half of the show, it is time for uncle John's bathroom Raiders. Portablepress.com, my partners at Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. And this week, I decided since I had a chance to hang out with some of my pipes from the old Summers Bee uh, and Carlsberg Group, you know, beer company, all this different stuff, I thought, you know what? I've been talking all sorts about scotch and uh, and beers and things like that over the time. I figured I keep referring to malts and single malts and malt beverages and malt liquor. And I was like, you know what? I don't really know that much about malt. So this week I've decided to read from Uncle John's Beertopia, a heady brew and beer miscellany. And this article is called a child's garden of malt trivia developed using a process that's ultimately rather simple, but still so convoluted that the first person to do it might as well have been some sort of warlock. Malt is the result of taking grain, usually barley, soaking it until the seeds start to germinate and then drying it. Why in the world would anyone do that to perfectly good baby plants? You ask simple. When you dry out the germinated grain referred to as green malt, you're locking in sugar producing enzymes that kick in during the brewing process, giving your yeast enough food to make alcohol. Green malt is dried before brewing, but this can be accomplished at different temperatures. And depending on the heat and duration of the roast, you end up with malts that add remarkably different colors and flavors to beer. A lightly roasted malt with an ale yeast will produce a pale second page or golden ale coupled with a lager yeast. It'll produce a pilsner. Go a little darker and you'll end up with an amber ale or a marzen. Darker still and you go into brown ales, dark lagers, porters, stouts, and Schwartz beers. Or black lagers. 
Uh, not that we're suggesting anyone's, it's not that we're suggesting beer is anyone's idea of a health food, but it does make use of some vitamin rich ingredients and barley might be at the top of that list. Uh, Jesus Christ. Now I have to start saying words. I can't pronounce molybdenum, manganese, selenium, copper, vitamin B1, chromium, phosphorus, magnesium, and niacin are all found in the wonder grain as well as fiber to help you poop. Oh yeah. <laughs> adding my own sound effects now malt isn't just used for beer the unique way it gets its friendly uh sorry the unique way it gets friendly with yeast during the brewing process also makes it a great catalyst for other favorite drinks including that precious single malt scotch or whiskey your father-in-law doesn't like to share what a bastard so there you go guys now you know a little bit more about my fucking uh malt so that's uh, that's what it is so it's basically germinated grain that is then baked to lock in the fucking sugary flavor to feed you yeast there. Uh, who's next, guys? Absolute Comedy, as I mentioned uh, and chatted with the dudes. Just got back from a great week. Had a great time. Lots of great shows coming up. Check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back, guys. And a partner that I haven't had their ad play in a little bit because it's actually part of it. Oh, it's going the right to the next one. How about that? All right, I gotta have to tell my phone not to just fucking play the next goddamn ad. Uh, I'm gonna try to figure that out now. I don't know what I'm doing with this fucking thing. Might have to use the iPad. The iPad cooperates with me. Um, yeah, my partner's Summersby. I haven't updated that uh, that commercial that I've done um, because uh, you know it's uh, work is hard and I don't like working. Um, but the truth of the matter is, uh, Summersby has all sorts of great beverages. As Paul was saying, semi-dry, not listed in that commercial. If you like Summersby, but you find it to be a little too sweet, hey, Summersby semi-dry. Same great Summersby taste, half the sugar. Maybe, maybe it's half. I think it's, I was told half. A semi means semi, half. Semi-circle is a half circle. Semi-sweet, semi-dry. Anyways, uh, Summersby semi-dry is absolutely fantastic. There's Summersby watermelon. Watermelon is delicious as well. Um, there's also a new Cronenberg out called Cronenberg uh, Fruit Rouge. It's super, super good. It's a nice sort of white, light, fruity, uh, fruity sort of beer. Oh my God, is it ever good. Um, and of course, all the classics, right? Blackberry, pear, regular <laughs> red rhubarb, all those delicious ones. The elderflower lime has been discontinued. If you enjoyed it, well, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you made a lot of memories because it's gone now. And, uh, you know, unless enough people make a stink, um, won't, won't be coming back, but then there's a regular Cronenberg Blanc, Cronenberg. Oh my God. So many delicious things from my pals at Somersby. Okay. So check out Somersby guys. Um, and I'll have some more announcements there. Uh, they're giving me some stuff that I will try to pay forward to you guys. But again, I gotta know you want it. 
I gotta know you want it. If I'm gonna be giving you guys cool shit coming up, like they're actually giving me some really cool shit. So um, if you want it, you gotta fucking let me know you want it. All right. How do you let me know? Contact at onemanpodcast.com. And who did I forget? Am I about to move right past into next week's shit without remembering my uh, my pride and joy? They're my sweet little baby, and I'm the little of a boy. My pals at DK.com. DK.com. DK, Dorling Kindersley, right? And this week, I'm reviewing a book that I have had a ton of fun looking at. All right? I'll try to keep it short and sweet. I know you guys don't like it when I when I suck DK's dick for too long. And again, very crass, but I love them. I love DK. This is the photography, well, not the photography book, sorry, it's called Photography, The Definitive Visual History, and this book, holy shit. So, it's called The Definitive History, or sorry, The Definitive Visual History, but it's a book about photography, and it doesn't just treat it like, hey, here's some early pictures, here's some later pictures, here's some really good pictures of this and that. This book actually celebrates not only the art of photography, because some people just look at photography like it's art, but it's actually very richly based on science, uh, chemistry. There's a lot of things that go into photography. So the book actually talks about the the science behind photography and how it was used in the beginning. It, it'll talk about... Um, you know, the, the, how images are captured, how images are framed, structuring images, what the exposure was like and how you can see some of the pictures and, and sort of what that made the, the images look like overall, how imagery was used and how it was something that it was like a hobby of just like the, the sort of the rich and the well-off, the social elite. Um, but there's pictures in this guys that really like that, that are, are historical, you know, they've got pictures of the building of the Louvre. In, in France, like pictures of the actual construction of the Louvre. They've got pictures of old uh, faithful. The guys are at Yellowstone Park. Um, there's some really great pictures of like Native Americans and old. They even show like some of the old coloring of photographs that are done. Um, but it moves through the history. And they actually referred, they talk a lot about how, how most art forms were, began, you know, thousands of years, hundreds or thousands of years ago. Like, you know, modern day paintings began as cave drawings. Music began as, as songs and stories around the fire. But, but in terms of photography, it's an art form that's, you know, like barely, you know, it's less than 200 years old. So it's still at the end of the day, it's in its infancy and going from something that was like, that almost no one had access to, to now we, it's probably one of the things that, that we do most, how there's literally billions of new pictures taken every single day, how it's still a, a growing uh, medium and art form. But, but there's so many amazing things in this that, that talk about, you know, again, different eras of time, different snapshots of different things going on. There's lots of historical photographs, lots of artistic ones. There's some photographs in here. They showed uh, Marilyn Monroe, the last photo shoot she took. It's the one where she's got the scarf, the pink scarf, and she's naked uh, <laughs> underneath it. Um, but that was like three weeks before she died. Those photos were taken. Um, the book has all sorts of just unbelievable compositions, but everything from like the, the different, um, uh, I don't want to say compositions, but the different um, types of photography. So like um, uh, landscape photography, right? Like, like um, Jesus, why can't I think of nature photography um, versus like portraits versus like just a snapshot of time, dust bowl stuff. There's um, there's a very famous picture that for some reason like is escaping me. Um, it's the picture of the old woman during like the dust bowl who's basically got her kids over her shoulder and she's just sort of got her hand in front of her face. And it's just like a weathered woman's face. It's a very iconic picture. 
this book will talk about that. And at the same time, it's not just like, hey, here's the picture. It actually breaks down the picture and shows the composition, what's going on, what was their posing, the story of how that picture came to be and how, you know, why it's so iconic. There's also a picture of a uh, a young girl from National Geographic that almost everyone would recognize the picture they saw. It. She's wearing, um, she's in front of a blue wall. She's got a red, uh, red co- not cape, but a red, uh, you know, hood that she's wearing. Um, her eyes are beautiful green. She looks very upset that the picture is even being taken. Um, there's, there's so many, you know, and they talk about how that came to be. Um, they talk about lenses. Um, for, I don't know. I, I, I can go on forever. Animal photography, nature photography, um, landscape photography and famous, famous, um, photographers. You know, I, I love the picture too. Sorry. I'm just, I, I have to flip through too, because there's so many things that you'll get in a DK book that, you know, you just forget them all. But I really like the picture, you know, with the uh, the the daisy and the in uh, the rifle of the the soldiers. That stuff's in here, um, you know. And it goes from the the evolution of black and white photography to color photography. Um, it's a great book if you know someone who's a photographer, fancies themselves a photographer, to be able to learn the history of photography, the ability to learn what the greats were and what were their inspirations, to learn how to how to frame a picture, to learn how just how framing something. And playing with exposures and things like that can actually give a feel and tell a story. Um, it's great. It's absolutely great. And there's a big section at the end on the digital age and everything that's going on now. This book is from 2014. So just in the last few years, all the advancements of handheld photography, like, uh, you know, um, iPhones and, and Samsungs and stuff like that. It's, it's different now. But um, it, a great book. Again, like just to give you an example, in four years, this was out in 2014, in four years, just how vastly different... Um, you know, photography has been just in our hands. So, um, great book, great book, photography, the definitive visual history, absolutely beautiful book from DK. Anybody who's a photographer should absolutely, and if just, and I don't mean photographer professional, anyone who just enjoys the, the art and the, the passion of taking pictures, all, all you fucking Instagram hooers. No, I'm, I'm getting all you, all you Insta people, male, female, or, or however you choose to identify you know, bitches that want to get on there and take pictures, maybe, you know, maybe learn how to frame it, learn, learn, learn why you can do what you can do in the palm of your hand and all the people that came before you and, and all the inspiration there, dk.com slash CA in Canada, dk.com in the States, uh, photo photography, the definitive visual history, beautiful book. I, uh, was thrilled and thank you so much DK to send to me this week coming up guys. I will be Uberin. Uh, back to Uber. I will be doing a lot of stuff in the, uh, in the LCBOs doing some stuff for Christmas. I have two holiday parties coming up this week, uh, or sorry, two, two holiday shows, one on Friday night and one on Saturday night. Um, looking forward to that. I need more details on them, but one of them is going to be back in Carlton place. And, uh, Carlton place has an amazing shawarma joint that I was at. I believe is called either Lakeside or Lakeshore, um, Mediterranean or whatever. It's, it's so good. I will be going there on Friday night. You can bank on that. It was so goddamn delicious. Um, and then, yeah, that's basically what I got coming up. I got a lot of, a lot of promo work. I got a lot of shows, a lot of driving people around and not hitting potholes. So that would be my, uh, my week coming up this week. I cannot wait to just uh, get back out there and be a person contact at one man podcast.com guys. If you want to send me any emails, ask me any questions, tell me about anything that you got going on. Tell me to shut the fuck up. Uh, you know, tell me why you don't want to listen to the podcast anymore, whatever the hell it may be. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you to portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersby and dk.com slash ca, my partners find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube guys, all at one man podcast. 
Um, this week, I actually, one of the things I did was I started posting all of the uh, episodes back on YouTube. So, um, some copyright shit going on with, uh, with, even though I have a license to use the, the monkey junk song that we use, uh, you know, show me yours. Um, still whatever I put on YouTube with the, the music blended into it, um, gets flagged for copyright and I'm not able to use it. So what I have started to do is record the podcasts without putting the music in, uh, before or afterwards. I don't even use the outro song anymore. I try to give you guys like a different little tune at the end of the week, but, um, or I should say at the end of the episode, but, um, yeah, so, uh, so things back on YouTube, you're going to see the interviews and stuff like that. I mean, you guys are subscribers already, but, um, if you're not, um, also this week, sorry, a cool little piece of info. We're now on Spotify. So one man podcast is available on Spotify. Be sure to, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're a Spotify guy and you're, you're, no, you're, you've been bending and compromising by listening to a different platform. Well, we're on Spotify now, so feel free to throw this into your Spotify list. And, uh, anyone who doesn't know how to, you know, subscribe to those things, you might be hearing it on Facebook or Twitter or some other, you know, platform, um, shoot me a message, you know, or, or an email contact the one man podcast.com and just tell me. Hey, I need a hand, uh, subscribing to this thing. I'd love to hear you bitch and complain every single week and, uh, we'll make it happen guys. Um, and of course, you know, five stars and a little review that would make my, uh, that would make my day. So that's my ask. Um, happy holidays as we were kind of getting the full thick of things, guys. I look forward to, uh, to chatting with you again next week. Um, nothing but positive. Okay. Shit happens. We move forward. We plow through head high. Can't wait. Who am I going to call an ambush while they're trying to get on a train next week or while they're trying to do their job? Who knows? Stay tuned. We'll talk to you again soon.